Welcome to the podcast that explores the Heartlands entertainment industries. I'm Brian. I'm Kelly. They sure are. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, Who I'm Nick. I'm Nick. Hi, man. everybody. I thought I was just here to confirm. Ah, yeah. it is Brian and Kelly. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a it's been a while since we've actually gotten to record. We've been mm-hmm. all so darn busy. I'm actually mm-hmm. trying a new background today. I yeah. see that. Many with different backgrounds, so I'm in my living room now. Don't nice. love change, so <laughs> yeah. I know it's freaking everybody out. It really is. It really is. It's like <laughs> I don't. I kind of like the you know the, like the hermit nature of your office of right. like you could, like you could kind of see, you can, even though you can only see the back wall, you could just tell it's like. Yeah, he's just like in the back of the house somewhere. Just he's yeah. just huddled in a, clo- a closet, exactly. basically. Yeah, making his weird noises. The reason I'm not shooting in my office right now is because I just got back from a job, and so like my equipment, it's just a mess in there. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm already kind of a bunker person, but when you see my office right now, I really look like a bunker person. <laughs> <laughs> just came with all the stuff and said, "That's it." Yeah, so off his So back. I went with the, you know, I don't have a bookshelf that's just full of books that I definitely definitely have not read mm-hmm. like so many people so this is the best that i've got this is my intellectual background the, nice. it, it does like it. it gives you an air of classiness yes mm-hmm. thank you but i'll have you know that i built these shelves i stained speaking them speaking of being a bunker person yeah, Brian exactly. built these shelves for himself <laughs> yeah. in his bunker house that he'll never leave <laughs> have you ordered I've, i keep getting ads on my instagram for the the three month supply of food, food kits, yes. survivalist kits, I keep getting yes. tons of those, and it makes me think I must be on some sort of algorithm that makes people think I'm a bunker person. Yeah. But I'm also kind know. of intrigued. I'm not gonna lie. I thought stop about going it. around saying like I'm so hungry I could eat three months of food at one time. Yeah, like, three months that's of dried really, really and frozen nutrient dense powder, yeah. please. Mm-hmm. I want those, but then I've also I have a supplier for military MREs, those meal ready to eat, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, so which is beyond. funny because like, I, like I already have my supply of food, <laughs> which <laughs> as a civilian, I'm technically not supposed to have those, but like I grew up, my dad was military. So like we grew up, we would eat MREs for whenever we were camping and stuff. And like everything, there's so much in these one little MRE things and you, well, and you can recycle stuff and it's, they're pretty awesome. So recently, okay, Oklahoma, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but Oklahoma has had like a huge surge of arm, like fall army worms, like tons of fall army worms in certain areas or like everywhere. And I had people asking me what they were since my dad knows bugs. And funny enough, like I have eaten a large amount of bugs in my life. So Ooh. foraging for insects, I have all the bug knowledge. You've got those meals. We would have a very nutrient dense protein filled, like thing because i told my friend i was like hey you can make wine from fall army worms did you know that you can you can make ah. fall army worm wine you can cook cornmeal worms you can eat crickets you can eat ants you can do all that stuff so i feel like what nick what can you add to this because yeah you need i'll gather some the firewood sort of- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's gonna it, you be know. the one that disappears into the woods getting the yeah. firewood I'll, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be the one that's like i don't think there's any threat out in the yonder wilderness <laughs> I'm going to go by myself. Make it afraid. Here we go. That's not bear <laughs> yeah. scat over there. That's just a large plop of human scat. Yeah. It's like, that's that's it, stick it, and not stick. 
Yeah. So I've been watching alone, which it makes me, this makes me wish that we could be on that show, which (laughs) even knowing myself, even though I am, even though I am kind of a bunker person, I would not last more than like two (laughs) days on that show. There's no way. It would be fun to see the three of us though. Cause like I said, I would, I have no survival skills, but I'm very <laughs> stubborn. So like, it would be like, you guys have like constructed your shelter and you're like, okay, I'm kind of making it. My stuff's wet. And you know, like I'm generally kind of cold and I'd just be like covered with leaves. And but just you're like... just not giving up, but that's what you could add to us. You would make us power through when, cause I'm not yeah. stubborn. I'm so lazy and I would be so just uncomfortable that I would not want to continue on. So you'd have right. to like push us through. I think my whole goal would be to find and make cheese because I don't think I could survive without cheese. <laughs> so I like on a show like that, that would be my my main focus is like water yeah, be, and cheese. That'd be great. Like because everyone else gets off and they're like, okay, yeah, where's the water source or where's like the and yeah, I've just frozen. made myself cheese. Kelly's just cheese. making she's making cheese over here. <laughs> like I know that I could build a shelter. I know I could easily start a fire and I know that I if I had time I could hunt and fish. I could I could fish. But it's, I could it's the foraging and, and all that that I would be really having a hard time. No, I can I can forage like I'll get out. I'll stick my hand into anything. It'll be great. Yeah. Again, I will I will eat something poisonous and die, but I'll because of my stubbornness. But my stubbornness. Yeah. Like and like I'm watching these people on this show like eating freaking moss off the ground and like <laughs> You know, like this guy, I, I just watched an episode with this guy. He's killed a musk ox and he's he's running out of food, even though he's got a freaking musk, musk ox, ox, which is like a smoking pot. <laughs> and so he literally he 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 salvaged the musk ox's stomach and he he eats the contents of the ox's stomach. So he's like he's he's doing the thing like the regurgitated food, like he's he's letting it's like a baby bird, he's letting the ox digest it and I then dig guess. it in. Like wow. he just like he's just eating the contents from this old stomach sack, <laughs> and like as soon as I watch that, I'm like, I mean, if the world explodes, this guy's gonna be the last man standing. Uh, yeah, this guy's like a human cockroach. You can't kill him. <laughs> took out the stomach. I wonder if he can do the Han Solo, Luke Skywalker thing of just like opening yeah. up the ox and like this is where I live now. I live in here. Uh, he's made like bad. he's made his water satchel from the bladder. Like uh-huh. he's gotten you know all the intestines and woven yeah. them together into I, string. That is just a weird thought process of like, oh, I have this dead animal here. I'll eat the dead animals inside it. Yeah, yeah. that guy's a serial killer for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's why he yeah. hangs out in the Arctic. That is, yeah. He's, he's that, actually that trying to run is. away from the law. Yeah, <laughs> just happened to Kelly, end up on what, a reality show. Kelly, what bug tastes the best? What bug tastes the best? Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, it, it depends if you're going sweet or savory. Because I mean, sweet. I like personally chocolate covered like crickets and to- chocolate covered grasshoppers are not bad at all. I oh, think they're pretty good. good. Yeah. And and also you can do certain kinds of ants that have like kind of they're kind of bitter. And and so with chocolate, like chocolate dipped ants, those are pretty good too. But they're kind of like pop rocks, like with the bitterness and the chocolate sometimes in your mouth. They make but... they make popping noises. No, well, crunching a little, little. Oh, okay. You I know, thought you like know. put them in your mouth. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and I mean, I like cornmeal worms. Are actually pretty good when you mm. fry them up with some chili peppers yeah. and something like that. But yeah. you still know, I've been. You're still researching Oklahoma news. Yeah. <laughs> what what's going on? A lot. Ohio. No. 
Ohio's not doing it. Ohio <laughs> insects are just boring. Okay. Like Ohio yeah. insects, where are you? Oklahoma has had yeah. like, you know, just, they, they get infestations of different bugs that I like to know about. And so far here, I've heard about the mayflies. I've yet to see the mayflies. Well, they have not appeared. For the mayflies, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I actually just missed them. I think that we, I was actually in Oklahoma when the mayflies came, but yeah, whatever. You know what I mean, I we missed the that... seven-year cicadas. I'm just disappointed in Oklahoma or in Ohio's entomology area. Oh, oh, I have such a good story though. And this is totally side note, but I mean, we're going to go with it anyway. <laughs> Oliver got stung by 10 yellow jackets two days ago. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that you got excited to tell this story. No. This, I got the best thing ever. <laughs> So Oliver got my ambushed son. by a hive of he yellow jackets. Well, yes. So like he, first of all, I hope he forgives me if he ever hears the joy I'm taking in the stories <laughs> that he's creating for me. But that's the whole reason you have kids. Like, what's the point of having kids if you don't get to tell the stories about them? We love you. It's funny when you get hurt. Yes, but he's okay. So it turned out all right. But so he was, they, they so they, he was in so much standing what's happening to him. And he was very upset with what was happening to him. So I showed him a bunch of YouTube videos of all these, like this guy that stings himself with different venomous, like, and poisonous insects to show what happens. And this is a good, so speaking of naturist and foraging, I mean, that's a good to know what insects will kill you and what won't. Yeah. So we, but also it's hilarious because he writhes miserably on the ground a lot and screams. It's like a pattern with you, Kelly, of, of <laughs> a lot of laughter after pain. After pain. <laughs> and so Oliver and I watched it and he explains like, like, okay, this is what anaphylaxis is. This is the, you know, what's happening to me. This is blah, blah, blah. And then he's screaming and pain on the ground, but Oliver was totally digging it. And he, he made him feel a lot better. Like he was like, okay, all right, like I'll I survive thought, this. What I thought I'll it was gonna, uh, I thought it was gonna be was that you were like, I wanted to teach him a lesson, so I put him back out there with the yellow jackets, and I said, you have to overcome your enemy. Next yeah. time you run, <laughs> yeah. you either run or you fight. Jackets or run. Yeah, okay, come on. <laughs> and well, it just made me you. laugh. Like there you go. So that, there's how my children. I mean, don't eat yellow jackets. That I know that was a weird segue of eating insects, but don't de don't eat them. But yeah, also don't delicious. die of them not delicious like all this makes me like not want to you know go outside and kind of just wish <laughs> the outside could come to me right in a virtual setting ah, I, I tell you you know what would be the best uh alone scenario if we were going to be on the show alone is if rather than actually being in the great outdoors we were on a virtual set like what Dude. we're going to be talking about in today's episode yeah I'd still lose. Uh, yeah, you will still lose. We're going to do this. We're going to do a virtual alone Oki show show scenario. And Nick will somehow, even in a mm -hmm. virtual reality, basically <laughs> yeah. a virtual room, he will die. I'll call the pizza guy. Be like, you have, to survive. Come, you have to come all dressed in green. Yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just a piece of pizza over. floats over to you. A wild pizza. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I foraged for it. <laughs> it came out with What's cheese and pepperoni and all. Oh, wait, no, Brian. I have a question. What are what are virtual screens? Vir well, <laughs> you mean virtual sets? Yeah, that virtual screen sets. We're all you know. I know just the guy to talk to to answer that question. Who? Well, let's go to our conversation with today's special guest, Mr. Ryan Belgart from Boiling Point Media. So Ryan Belgar, welcome back to the show for, I don't even know how many times you've been on the show at this point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for having back. me. Yeah, hey, my pleasure, anytime. I'm always excited when you, when you give me a shout and ask me to talk to you guys and um, 
I think this one will be pretty, pretty interesting. A lot of crazy stuff's happening. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, man. I'm trying to think of the last time that we had you on the show. I think you came on whenever we were doing dead center coverage. So I know that mm. quite a bit's happened over at boiling point uh, over the, in the last couple of years. So catch us up, give us the, the old overview. What's going on with boiling point. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's more of the same, but just uh, kind of bigger and better. You know, we've been doing um, a lot of visual effects stuff and, and uh, producing films and working on, on different films, especially in post-production and visual effects. And um, we got into uh, sort of during the, uh, the, the pandemic and the quarantine and things like that, we, we've stayed really busy uh, because fortunately a lot of our projects were kind of in heavy post-production. So, you know, that's a lot of stuff that you can sort of do in a cave, you know, so it kind of worked out. But um, I, I, I spent some time uh, diving into virtual production and um, we, we built a green screen virtual production stage at, at Bowling Point and um, got it all kind of put together and working. And then two projects that we've recently shot on there are in, um, in, in post-production now. And one of them is called Ghoster, which is a, a, the next movie that I directed. Um, and then it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Casper is the easiest way to say it. It's like a little ghost movie, um, a family movie. And then um, we did another movie directed by Steve Shimmick, uh, who did some local stuff here. He did um, uh, The Adventures of Aerie, the robot movie we worked on. Oh yeah. He did, he did uh, Joey and Ella, which was a kangaroo movie that we did the kangaroo effects on. But he's done a movie called The Guardians of Time. And he went really crazy uh, with this. And we shot about 80% of that film on our green screen virtual production stage at Bowling Point, which was a little scary, but um, we managed to do it. And, and my biggest fear was that we would sort of, you know, show the edit to the um, producers and they'd say, oh, this text just isn't going to work. We can't do it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but they were actually, all of us were kind of pleasantly with how cool it actually is because when it really, when it shines, it really shines. It gives us the ability to um, put actors in locations that otherwise not possible in the films that we were doing before. Um, so uh, for, you know, for example, in Guardians of Time, they go to sort of like uh, Egyptian ruins, you know, in the desert with giant, you know, uh, statues and pyramids and things. And, you know, when you watch it back, you're like, that's pretty convincing. That looks pretty cool, you know? And, and the way that we're doing it is in um, using Unreal Engine. So uh, that's what's kind of crazy is that the technology has gotten so powerful and graphics cards and video game engines are so powerful now they can render really pretty photorealistic looking stuff in real time. Mm -hmm. And what that allows us to do as filmmakers is we can, you know, shooting on a green screen and replacing the background is nothing new. People have been doing that for a long time. We've been doing that for a long time. But the difference now is that I can shoot the actors like they're on uh, an actual set. They're, on a green, they're in a green screen space, or we'll call it a volume in, in virtual production. And we can move the camera freely, 360 degrees. We can point it up to the sky and all around, even behind us. And um, anything that's on that green screen will be set inside and placed inside this virtual world and locked down in there. Um, so what's really cool about that is I can move my camera any way I want to, move them around, and, and I can look on a monitor in real time and see that they're, you know, in Egypt or on the moon or in Paris or wherever it is that we want to put them in our, in our virtual stage. Um, 
so the you know the the biggest I think um, thing that people might be familiar with that uses this technology is the show The Mandalorian, and we all kind of know that show. Oh, and yeah. It, yeah. And you if mean you that watch- wasn't filmed in space? What? <laughs> <Right>. Devastating. <laughs> oh. What? Uh, but well, I remember watching. So I I watched the first season of that, and it was in awe because I thought, "How are they doing? How are they doing this? I, I know oh, this. Yeah. I, I know that each episode of this isn't a hundred million dollars. So how in the world are they, you know, putting these characters in these locations that look incredible? Um, like you know, Tatooine looked like it was completely recreated and most isolated in those locations. I'm like, how are they, you know, doing this? And so I saw I saw the behind the scenes, and they're using the virtual production, but they're using it differently. They're using LED walls instead of green screens. So right. um, imagine like you know you see like uh, giant billboards that are LED screens and things like that. Well, people use that same kind of idea to build a uh, you know a, a 270 degree semicircle that's behind the person, and then you can project on that screen. Um, it's funny because it's kind of it kind of is like the old rear projection techniques. But what's different about this is that it's you know the video game engine is live, uh, playing the background uh, on the screen, and then you can film the actor in front of that screen. And what's super cool about that is that the reflections of that environment, like that's the cool thing about Mandalorian is his suit is you know stainless steel or whatever. Yeah. So all those reflections and all that uh, lighting that would be impossible to film him on a green screen because you know it's, um, it's reflecting all the green. So instead he's reflecting the, the actual environment that's actually around him, which is just a, a volume of LED walls that is moving in conjunction again with their cameras um, to have all the parallax shifting and the, you know, the, the perspective shifting and everything that makes it look like they're inside this, this uh, game world. And, the, and again, the, the game world, uh, the, they're, you know, you guys know, I'm sure you, if you play modern video games, you can see like the cinematics and the cut scenes and you're like, that looks like a film, you know? Yeah. So, oh yeah. So they're, that, that's the cool tech. And, and it, you know, what's really neat is that it's accessible um, to anybody. Like you could download Unreal Engine and start to learn it yourself. Um, oh my but, gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but um, and for free, um, huh. especially, especially if you're using it for film. But I will say like, to get it all work, you know, on a stage with, you're still going to need the cameras and lights and yeah. and all those things too. Um, but uh, yeah, Brian, I wish I wish uh, you could have been there. And next time, um, you know, we, we do one. I'd love for you to stop by and, and kind of see it because this yes, is something you start, yeah. it's something you need to see. You know, it's something that you need to see. Um, so what you're saying I, is we need an Oki Show Show tour inside. Yes. On location. Studio, on location. Yeah, I would love that. I would love to do that. That would be such a fun little extra thing to do. Yeah, yeah. that'd be so cool. And yeah. just and to like see how you're describing it, and then be able to actually like like that. It would be awesome, man. It yeah. sounds so cool. <laughs> well, yeah. The biggest the biggest thing is like you know, imagine being able to look into a monitor. The director being able to look into a monitor, which they usually do at Video Village, right? I mean, they're usually looking through the camera and seeing what the camera sees. Seems about right. But this time, but this time. Uh, you're able to see the actors in that environment, that virtual world, wow. you know, and that's, again, that's really helpful. It's helpful for the actors. It's helpful for the DP to match lighting. It's helpful for everyone to, you know, I was able to say like, you know, okay, look up in that corner. There's a giant statue that's about to attack you. And then, um, <laughs> you know, they would, they would look over on the screen and see where they're supposed to be looking and kind of have a representation of what that giant statue is going to be. Um, yeah. 
Now what's, you know, here's something about LED walls, right? It's like, if you're gonna project your scene or your whatever you're doing on your LED wall, it has to be sort of like finished, right? It's like, it's gotta be ready to go. So you've gotta do a ton of post-production in pre-production because, you know- That's you're true, yeah. Cause wow, old, yeah. The old post-pre. Yeah. Post-pre. So, <laughs> and so your timeline of when you're, you know, if you're thinking about doing a project with this tech, you know, you gotta think about moving your actual shooting timeline down because you're gonna need a lot of time to get those environments prepped and ready to go. And what's so cool is that you can do, since it's a video game, you can do lots of cool stuff. So um, imagine being able to have um, an animated characters that you could interact with. Um, imagine being able to uh, have somebody in a motion capture suit off to the side that could act out a character and then you could see them through the screen uh, acting with you and you could record their performance and just say, that's wow. good, you know? Wow. Um, that kind of thing is uh, totally uh, within reach and, and doable. Um, but I think that while the idea of doing it all in camera like that is kind of exciting and makes people think, oh, we can save a lot of time and money. Uh, the reality is, at least on my level uh, of doing this, is that you know we're visual effects guys, we're post production guys. We understand that things can be fixed in post, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, and, imp and improved quite a bit. So you know, when we did the um, when we shot our scenes for Ghoster, we really didn't know what we were doing very much. So we sort of rushed our Unreal Engine scenes and our backgrounds, and they didn't look very good. And and I just knew, well, you know what, later, I'm, I'm gonna figure this out so that later I can replace them. And that's the cool thing about it is that I can go in, since it's all shot on green screen, I can go in and, and um, just replace my backgrounds with something completely different. And wow. it records all the same data, the, the, the camera data, the camera movement data is recorded um, as long along with the green screen footage and the camera. So it's really, it's really easy to change things, to improve things. Uh, and that's kind of what we're doing now is uh, going back on Ghoster. About 15 minutes of the movie of Ghoster was shot on the virtual production stage. Yeah. And, you know, it's probably around 200 or so shots that, you know, I'm going back and sort of replacing all the backgrounds and making it look better now that I have a little bit of time to do it. So, um, and I think it's gonna, I've learned so much about it. Uh, that when we did Guardians of Time, we got a little bit better at it and made, you know, it kind of made more sense. And I think moving forward, I have a better, much better grasp on how I would, um, you know, potentially pitch this to a, to a filmmaker or a client who wants to use this tech right. uh, for, for their films coming up. But it's, it's awesome, man. And, and definitely the future of, of filmmaking in, um, in a lot of ways. It's a tool, you know, I keep saying it's not gonna replace, you know, you're not gonna be able to replace shooting out in a real location, there's just things that it can't do as well, you know. Right. But um, but there are things that it can do incredibly well, um, you know. Like again, like taking you to a fantasy world or outer space or on the moon or places that are just too hard to to procure here or build here. Um, so yeah, it's cool, and, and I, I think you're going to see a lot of these places popping up, and uh, people are going to start building. I know there's already, I think, one in Oklahoma up in Tulsa where they've got a LED volume up there. Oh my gosh. Um, Wow. And uh, in Dallas, they've got, I know they've got a big one in Dallas. Um, I was really fortunate because I got to go to the Aerie, Aerie Camera headquarters in Burbank um, because we're actually um, talking with different people um, on a state level and government level and educational level about uh, Bowling Point potentially getting into this uh, on a bigger scale. 
And we had that opportunity to go to Airy Camera in LA and see their LED wall volume and, um, and see it in person and see how they set it up and things. And, and uh, I, got, I got there and I was like, yeah, that's a big screen. That's a really big screen. <laughs> that's that's but, legit. Yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. But they, um, and it was cool. It was very cool. It was very cool. Um, I was a kid in the candy store there, trust me. But oh, um, man. Uh, they had, um, they had some uh, photographs of a stage that they recently built in Berlin for a Netflix show that was just, it was just mind boggling. It was, um, it, it was 270 degrees of, of virtual uh, LED walls huge and it was big enough it's so huge it was big enough that in the middle of it they had built a pirate ship so oh there was a pod there was a pirate ship like deck in it whoa you know, like wow. top deck of a pirate ship and uh it was so cool because they had a turntable on the ground and they were able to rotate the ground so if they needed to change like that's kind of one of the things about these these things is that um you know if, if you're going to build a little set like that like you want to be able to be not limited. So you want to be able to flip your axis or whatever, you know, and yeah. like you would in real life. But um, they solve that by building a giant turntable that they just rotate their entire set around when they need to. It's crazy. So like so, they don't even have to move the cameras. They just move the set. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, That's crazy. Exactly. That is so yeah. cool. And, and that, I feel like, like filming for some reason my head is going to like filming musicals that like like stage shows that don't always translate from stage to musical very well like this would help with that that'd be so cool to be like live on a turntable while your atmosphere is the cool sets that you could oh uh, yeah well, so you're wow. yeah you're thinking of like a live uh, a live application for the tech oh my god i didn't even Boom, think about that you you're welcome that's, brian that's really cool yeah <laughs> hear that broadway we just freaking revolutionized you guys <laughs> all our broadway viewers are taking notes right now <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean yeah it's, if they if they I, I think that there's it's really cool to have ideas like that i mean it is sort of the very beginnings of this especially trickling down to um people that are not um you know uh I don't know. I guess the best way to say it is like budgets that can afford, they can't afford the $10 million or the $15 million setups. Like the technology is becoming more available for guys like us who are working on lower budgets to be able to access this at some level. And so that's just yeah. kind of exciting about it. Wow. Cool. Golly, that's so cool. I have so many questions about these virtual <laughs> sets because yeah. like you have the LED ones, the gigantic mm -hmm. LEDs where you can actually see without the help of a monitor, you can actually see the set right. that is virtual. And, and what you're do, filming and what you film is what you get. I mean, it's right. That's what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have the green screen virtual sets, which how much, whenever you're creating the sets, mm -hmm. how much of that is um, just CGI visual effect that you've built in a computer? And how much of that is maybe compiled off of um, uh, like second unit shoot, shots and stuff? Or is that even a thing? No, it's all it's all in the computer. So the entire the entire set's in the computer. Now you could build practical elements to go onto your set. So, uh, for example, in um, in Guardians of Time, there's a sort of an evil sorceress who's got a table full of little you know beakers and spell potion things, and you know, but all that stuff was real. And she's interacting with it. And so, like you know, you could have that, or you could have like you could put fake rocks uh, in a cave, for example, or right. you could put a, you could put the beach, the ground of a beach, down on the ground uh, and be on the beach. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff that you could do that's sort of like practical. You know, like the more of it that's practical, the more realistic it'll look. Um, right. You know, but uh, but you can also do. I mean, I, I I think that 
for our films, um, these two that we're working on, on during the, during these virtual production scenes in the movie, you'll find that like it's probably 99, nah, I mean 95% is all the digital stuff, and then 5% would be the actors or the props or the things they're interacting with that are real. Wow. So so yeah, it's all you know with Unreal Engine, it's just a you know it's a it's cool because there's a it's like any other 3D software that there's just a, a blank canvas that you start with and then you can start to build like Legos, you know, you, yeah. can, you, can, you can either build it from scratch and another program and import it. But what's cool is that Unreal Engine has got a, got a marketplace that you can buy uh, work that people have already done, you know, so for maybe, let's say $200, you could buy like a Redwood Forest. You oh know, my that, God. That looks like, a, you know, the real Redwood Forest, you know, so that's the kind of stuff that we did on on guardians of time is that they wanted to have a lot of locations in their movie and so it's really cool because in the morning we're shooting in the redwood forest and then mid-morning we'd be shooting in the burning redwood forest which was another set it's like all on fire and stuff you know and then gosh and then that night we're shooting in the sorcerer's castle and then you know later on before the end of the day we're shooting in egypt and it's all happening right there on our stage and just with the you know, a few clicks of the button, we've completely changed our, our locations. And, yeah. um, you know, it's really cool because when you dive deeper into the tech, you could have, imagine having all your lighting, Brian, up on trusses and it automatically adjusts with the lighting of the Unreal scene. Oh, you know, so so cool. imagine that uh, you've got a bunch of, uh, you know, Aries or something hanging up and uh, through DMX, you know, if the sun goes across the sky, those lights will change with that. Oh, you know, wow. or if there's a if there's a if there's a fire in your unreal scene, if there's a fire flickering from a torch, your lights can your real lights can flicker like that fire. Well, and that's so. what I was just wondering was like with the with the LED Unreal Engine uh, virtual sets, like the the lighting stuff is kind of built into the cake, but like with the screen screen virtual sets, how do you deal with the the green spillover landing on the actors when they have to be completely immersed in that green? Oh, I mean, that's yeah, that's one of the big problems of, of what we do um, <laughs> is, dealing, is dealing with that. I mean, the, probably the the best thing to do would be to have a big enough stage where you can be far enough away from your green walls that it doesn't spill on you. But when you're dealing with what we have, which is uh, a stage that's not quite as big, you just deal with that um, the way you would any time you're dealing with green screen. I mean, there there's tools, there's post production tools that help deal with it. Um, and so when you're, you know, when you're pulling your key later on in After Effects, whatever you're using, I mean, there was, there's ways to deal with things like green spill and, and uh, you know, the software for that has even gotten so much better that, um, you know, you can, you can get away with a little bit. I mean, you know, yeah, you want to make sure that you're building, you're building a green screen cyclorama for this. Like, yes, you could do it. Like you could like hang a green sheet on your wall and do this, you know, wow. um, but also uh, you're going to have the same problems that you would have anytime you would hang a green sheet on the wall with uneven shadows and stuff that makes green screens hard to key out so yeah. you know we we took the time to build and, and light properly our green screen stage so that it it gave us the best chance of being able to pull good green screens but yeah i mean there's because here, here's the thing right like like uh say we're doing a night scene you know then this is the kind of stuff we come across so we'd be doing a night scene and we would have uh this nice cool blue moonlight coming into the scene and they're out in the meadow or something and the DP would start to change the lights to be very cool uh, and blue to match that. And I'd be like, guys, um, that's not gonna work because you know we're basically cooling down all of our actors against this green background 
mm-hmm. and it's going to make them essentially turn green, you know, uh, and or or too too green to be able to pull clean keys out. So I kind of had to do a little bit of convincing sometimes, and I'm like, just light them neutrally. Like, don't worry about the color of them. Just light them neutrally so that you know you can match the shadows and the harshness of the light and the shading. But we're not trying to match, you know, a cool color here or a green. You know, I think one time they were they were they were doing like some magic effects and shining like green lights on them, and I was like, that's not really going to work, you know, because you're, you're turning them green. <laughs> you just got to be yeah. the consistent bear of bad news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Too that's green, kind of guys. Too so that, all that all that all that setup. No, take it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and and you know, it just it took a little trial and error to understand things like that. Like, uh, we would we would periodically kind of stop right at the end of the shoot. We would load in some footage and be like, hey guys, like here's some of that footage we shot today, and um, you know, here's how it's keying out, here's how it's working. We might be pushing this a little too, you know, when we do nighttime shots and we're pushing the lighting cool, we better, we might want to warm it up because it's harder to key out and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, it's, it's just stuff that we just, you don't really think about until you start doing it, but there's lots of challenges for sure. Um, but the reward is, the reward's cool because, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you're pushing the envelope a little bit on what's possible with, with the uh, movies and the budgets that we work with. And, you know, my hope is that when someone sees you know, sees these movies, they're transported into this world and, you know, they're, they're seeing things and they're seeing locations and they're seeing scenes that just weren't possible for us to do before. And that's, yeah. that's really the fun part of it for me. Say you've got a project that you're filming tomorrow, but what's that? There's construction that started across the street next to the overpopulated dog kennel? If only there was a better, more controlled environment to shoot your movie at. A magical place where the location owner doesn't change their mind last minute and send you scrambling to find a new spot to shoot your high school themed alien invasion murder mystery. Where is this land of milk and honey and craft services? Green Pasture Studio in Oklahoma City is a 12 acre campus boasting over 8,000 square feet of Hollywood grade soundstage, plus standing sets including a high school, police station, hospital, bar, a full house, and a wooded backlot. The campus has everything a filmmaker might need to elevate their production, so why not build your dream at Oklahoma's premier soundstage? You can learn more at greenpasturesstudio.com. Green Pasture Studios, so much more convenient than your ex-girlfriend's dad's house. Hey there, film folks. If you're trying to get your project made, I gotta tell you about my friends over at ngpfilm.com. If you are in the state of Oklahoma and you need equipment to get your project made, you need to go to NGP. They've got camera equipment, grip and electric equipment, sound equipment, production gear, stuff for your locations, pretty much everything. And if they don't have it, they're going to help you find it. Their customer service and support is out of this world. Literally, if you're in the middle of your day and you need extra gear, they will come to where you are and drop the stuff off. Or they have a super convenient night pickup and drop off. So you can call them, they'll leave it in these really cool little bins with a code that they give you, and then you show up and you put the code in, and then voila, you got the gear. And then when you're done with the gear, you come back, you leave it in the drop off, you put the lock back on, and then shazam, your day's over at three in the morning. NGPfilm.com is pretty much the best thing Oklahoma Film has to offer. If you have any rentals, anything that you need, check them out, NGPfilm.com. So like with the green screen virtual sets, like that just seems like such a different animal. Like, do you have to do a lot of rotoscoping? And for the listening audience, rotoscoping is where you're, well, actually, Ryan, why don't you 
tell us what rotoscoping is. You'll probably have a better definition. For the listening <laughs> audience okay. and Kelly and I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't on the set of Mandalorian, but I actually heard that um, they actually did do a lot of rotoscoping, even when they shot, shot against the LED wall. And, and rotoscoping is essentially when you cut the image out, uh, the foreground image, like a, most likely an actor, you cut them out, like with Photoshop, Photoshop, you cut somebody out of the picture, you know, you cut them out every single frame. So frame by frame by frame by frame, you're cutting them out so that you're you're able to separate the foreground from the background. Yeah, uh, it's an astronomical amount of work. That's like <laughs> yeah. claymation. Kind I mean, of, that's yeah. literally yeah. like like motion motion by motion by motion. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so um, it's, it, it is one of the more tedious things to do. Uh, but that's why you shoot on a green screen because with a green screen, you can separate the fore foreground from the background by just simply telling the computer to remove the green. You know? oh. so, so that's, uh, uh, you know, and it doesn't really work if you're wearing green or, you know, but uh, so you don't wear green, but if you're not wearing green and there's not lots of green light spilling on you, then it's pretty easy for the computer to just say, oh, I'm going to take the green away. And then I can, I can composite the foreground person or whatever is on the green screen footage onto a background. So there's not really any rotoscoping involved. Um, and that's, that's the beauty of it, Brian, is that we get to have all these layers separated. Yeah. So, um, and one thing you can do in green screen that you can't do with LED wall is actually put actors um, in the sort of mid ground of scenes. So I could put CG elements in front of them, which is really mm -hmm. crazy. So like you could, you could have people walking around stuff. You could have them walking behind trees, um, like all kinds of stuff. That's just like, when you look at the monitor, you're like, how does that even happen? But, um, but yeah, you could, you could do that kind of thing where you're layering um, CGI objects on top of the people in the scene. And it's, it's really cool. It's, it's really cool because it really helps with the immersive, um, you know, kind of kind of nature. And again, you know, with me being a post-production guy and a visual effects guy, I like having that control of being able to go back later and taking that green screen footage, taking that background, changing it, adding foreground stuff, adding, adding the magical effects or the creatures or whatever to the, to the scene and having all that control is a dream for a guy who's, who likes to have that control in post-production. Post yeah. I am a god. <laughs> you can really change the entire movie of just like, hey, I know we, I know it's a western, but I put us on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, you could do it. Uh, you say that, Brian, I, and I, and I kind of like that's what turned me on to visual effects. Um, you know, in the first place was just uh, you know being able to open a piece of software. I remember watching you know something like the Lord of the Rings and seeing Gollum, yeah. and I was so impressed. I was so impressed by that. And I said, how do they do that? And so I found out that they use a program called um, Autodesk Maya to, to do a lot of that. So I started learning it and I opened it up and I was just like, man, this is so cool because if I learn how to do this and uh, you know, and it's, I know it will be easy, but if I can learn how to do this, I can literally create anything I can imagine. That's and that, cool. That was, the, that was the real, you know, maybe going back as far as Jurassic Park and learning about you know, CGI and movies. Um, that was the real attraction for me was that you get this sandbox where it's like, I can do anything here. And if I can dream up this story, and I, I'm not going to say that I can make it as good as Star Wars or Avatar or Jurassic Park, but I can try and I can yeah. learn a lot, you know, and, and it's, it's served us well, but um, Unreal Engine to me is, is even a step beyond where you really are playing in, you know, originally something that was made for video games, but, you know, with the tech that's, that it is now, uh, looking as good as it does, you can translate this over into a cinematic, in a cinematic way, and use it for films. And you know, like I said, just you know, on, almost be anywhere you want to be, or, or 
can imagine. And you know, you can you can buy those backgrounds too. You don't have to make them from scratch. That would be yeah, really that'd that's be really time consuming. It'd be really time consuming, you know, to go in and like, you know, model a redwood forest and texture it and make it look realistic and all that stuff. So so yeah, I mean you go and buy you go buy assets, but it's cool because you have like it's like I said, it's like a Lego set. So I could go into that, I could go into that forest and take trees out and add a log cabin and you know, add it at a pond. So cool. It's like a rich, like gazillionaire's dream. Just like I want to buy the Empire State Building. <laughs> Yeah, it. <laughs> we did that. We uh, we did it. We did a uh, we did a little office scene. The very first scene we did was an office scene where a guy's talking in an office on the phone, mm -hmm. and we hadn't even planned on having in the original script. He's just a voice on the other line, but we we're like, hey, let's try it. Let's just try this out and see if it works. And um, we put it. We just I downloaded a little office, and um, it it had a. It was interesting because the office that I downloaded off the marketplace had a background out the window of a city that was just like you can imagine it was just like a picture of a city mm -hmm. on a sphere right <laughs> so like it was out there and you could see it, and it looked kind of like a city and it kind of worked when you move through there but i was like it just doesn't look good it doesn't look real enough so i went on the marketplace and just searched around and for like i don't remember it was like 20 bucks <laughs> i downloaded like a photorealistic looking um new york city uh, skyline that was like huge it was huge it was like wow like I could go down into the streets and around the corner. Oh wow! And, but I but all I used it for was just to place it back outside the window of this. <laughs> yeah. And it looked amazing. It looked so much more realistic because I could change the time of day and move the shadows around in the sun, and it looked really cool. So, so that's kind of like the the fun flexibility you have to like you know you're almost playing God, saying like I don't want to be in New York City. That's I want to so be in cool. I want to be in Thailand. You know. And, yeah. And then you have like none of the limitations of fighting against the sun, fighting the weather, right. all those things. Like, it's, it's really weird to be like, you know, on a sunset, like, you know, like you're, we're on a sunset golden hour type, type of situation all day long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does it so make you wish we would have had this during Jurassic games whenever we were in the uh, little Sahara? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'll never forget the stuff that we did there and I'm sure we'll go back. I mean, like, there's, like I said, there's advantages to being in the real place, um, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, but Sure, man. I mean, I, I try not to live in the past, Brian, but <laughs> I'm telling you that, uh, yeah, moving forward, like the, the ideas are flowing, you know, to, to like, what can we do with this, you know, when we make you know, our future projects, if we ever made a sequel or whatever, like what, what you know, they, the, the, the possibilities just expanded a lot by what's wow. possible. You know? That's so crazy. Yeah. How much so does how it, like on a, uh, on a budgetary level, like obviously you have now you have access to all these crazy locations and stuff. How much does that help with your budget uh, of getting a movie produced? Well, you know, I think that um, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. You know, I, I like you, at first you're thinking, oh, you know, maybe there's some money to be saved, and there might be in some ways. But um, you know, just imagine, um, you know, if, if if you're doing it, and not every movie lends itself to this kind of thing, so. Mm -hmm. you know, Guardians of Time does and Ghoster does because the places they go are kind of fan fantasy places, you know. Um, so if you step through a mirror and you're in another world, then it, you can kind of forgive it if it looks a little bit, um, I don't know what the word is, like not video gamey, but just like not like what you're used to seeing, like a little bit surreal or something. Right, you know? yeah. Um, if you're trying to pass it off or completely photorealistic, like um, 
you know, like you're doing a crime drama and they go to the bank or something you're trying to pull out. I mean, I think you'd have to work a little bit harder to get it to be like, it's not impossible. And you mm-hmm. see it happen a lot, but I think you need to be careful that um, you do it the right way. And there's certain things that it's really good for. And it, like I said at the beginning, there's certain things that can really shine on. And there's yeah. certain things where you're kind of like, yeah, it doesn't look super real, does it? Right. You know? So I think it looks unreal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but to answer your question, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, if the money that you would save on, you know, moving an entire company down to, you know, staying at a bunch of hotels in the middle of nowhere, um, or, um, you know, the location fees or whatever, uh, you know, permits <clears throat> and things like that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I think it kind of evens out. I, I think that if you're going to do this for one of your films, you definitely need to be thinking about it from the, from the beginning and just make sure you're allocating budget correctly for, you know, the, the, the time that it takes, because you might not be taking into account, you know, how much work goes into getting everything ready for your shoot on the green right. Um, and you know, you might not be happy, you know, Brian, if you're like, hey, I want to do a show in a spaceship. He's never happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if, if I'm like, you know, if I only have a day or two to get you your spaceship scene, it might just be something I have to find. And you're like, well, that's not exactly what I wanted. So, yeah. you know, if I want to customize that, then you're looking at time and money and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it just kind of, yeah, it, I wouldn't say it's something that, oh, wow, now, my, now I can make my movies for half price. It's not really like that. It's, right. it's a whole different, it's just a different way to do it. And um, I always think of this stuff as like tools in a tool bag. It's like, mm. you know, now if you came to me and said, I want to make a spaceship movie, I could say, okay, here's options. Here's, here's an option. You can do this. You can, you know, we can build a spaceship set or we can try virtual production or whatever. And I can show you the different uh, examples of outcomes and what we can try to achieve. And then, you know, you as the producer make the decision on which way you want to go. Yeah. Wow. So how is the uh, virtual craft service food? That, <laughs> that, that, that solid? Have we figured that out yet? It's like the yeah. matrix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know that it's actually pizza, but on the monitor, it's a freaking <laughs> filet mignon. So <laughs> it's like the scene in Hook when they imagine the food and then you throw yeah. it, but it's yeah. real. Yeah, that's all that is. Yeah, no, we, 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 we hand out uh, cardboard pizza slices. The amount you save on food expenses <laughs> is incredible. Everything's just green and you like just hold up and yeah. it becomes whatever you want yeah i think you guys could probably come up with some really funny skits to take advantage of the craziness of what can be done with that tech oh dude oh, that'd nice. be so yeah. fun uh, yeah, I'd, <laughs> do, yeah don't even unlock that pandora's box <laughs> <laughs> so I, i'm gonna put on my sound guy hat now and mm-hmm. because i remember that this was my first thought whenever i saw the virtual the the volume for mandalorian was boy that's got to sound really boxy like you can't there's only so much that you can do on the sound side of things. So how do you handle, I know that you're not officially a sound guy, but like in your experience with these, with these big green screen sets and all that, how do you work around the sound, uh, the issues you're shooting in a forest and yet it sounds like you're on a lot. Well, I mean, like I, again, like just doing the work that I've done in post, I've done a lot of sound work in post. Like I want the cleanest signal I can get. So um, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Um, you know, we, of, of course, we don't want our, our stage to sound extra boxy or echoey or anything, but, um, you know, I've, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's an issue. As a matter of fact, I feel like it's an advantage, you know, um, 
you know, shooting out in the woods, like it's not necessarily an echoey kind of sound. It's, it's still pretty dead, you know? So, um, and I think that we just want a nice, you know, what I like there uh, about shooting on stage is just the control, the control of the environment, you know, the, you know, um, you know, yeah, you know, you're still dealing with sometimes a, a, a train going by or a plane going by, but, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I like the idea that like everything I've shot there, I know I got really clean so I could go yeah. back in later and if I have to add you know some kind of effect that makes them sound like they're in the subway or whatever that's that's great and easy yeah. but I'm not dealing with actual subway cars coming by every two minutes. yeah that's no lie yeah it might eliminate some of the frustrations right, <laughs> yeah. pause, well and it's, it is baby. interesting the like the the technology on the sound side of things like we have um isotope now and you know, with all the different audio softwares, like, you know, if you do have for the listeners, if you're out there and you're, you're wondering about this kind of stuff, like pay attention to the, the reverb of the room and then look up D-verb, the, the plugins that you can put into your audio software. And you can actually pull the reverb out of your dialogue to make it nice and dead, clean it up, and then you can place it in the environment that the, that matches the set so you can have your ambient like if you're shooting a scene on a virtual set that is a redwood forest then you can get an ambience a bed of ambience and throw it underneath your dialogue and then you try to match your the the um the eq and the verb the reverb of that environment and that places those actors mm -hmm. you know from an audio standpoint it places them in that set yeah, and, and, and coming from an audio background myself, I I always would just prefer that you know the audio is as clean as possible, and I can add to it, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. whatever I need to. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I I know that the guys that were running sound for our, the projects that we shot on were kind of uh, they kind of you know they settled in with their card and their mixer and their stuff, and like didn't move it for two weeks, and they were just yeah. kind of like, well, this is kind of yeah, this kind of weird, you know. Yeah. I like it. You that know? sounds like a dream. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know. And that's the other thing is like, when we wrap, we just go home. Yeah. So, Walk away every yeah. day, man. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's, yeah, there's, there's some fun advantages. I mean, look, I, I, we're still sort of in the middle of, of, um, of this. And like I said, you know, after, you know, we, when we filmed these projects, you know, there was a time when all of us and the directors producer, everybody was like, I don't know. I, you know, yeah. this is, this might not work. It might not be, but then, you know, you see it all together in the edit and you're like, Hey, I, I mean, this is, this, this can work. You, it's fun about movies, right? Is that you start to like, you know, if you looked at one shot by itself, you might think well, that looks kind of like a video game or something, but then when you see it all strung together in a, in a, in a scene and you understand that these characters went into a fantasy world, you can kind of, your brain does something weird and it just like yeah. forgets it. And then, and then, it, and then you can't see that you can't see anything else other than they're in the desert in, in uh, Egypt or whatever, you know. Yeah. And it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of it, it worked out. Um, and you you get lost into the story, and then you realize how, how how cool is this that we get to tell this really ambitious story that we couldn't have done otherwise. Yeah, you know, in in the middle of Oklahoma, I love that. Yeah. Well, and this is one thing that I've really, really, I've always admired about you is that you're not afraid you're not afraid to try something new. And you, to me, you've always seemed like um, just a forever student. Like you're, you're constantly yeah. pushing yourself to learn new things, and I think that that's a very, very admirable trait. Um, that is, it's in, inspires me, and I hope it inspires our listeners to be willing to go out there and try something new. Well, you, you just, you're exactly right, uh, Brian. And I feel that 
I don't know, you're, you're, I'm probably not happy unless I'm pushing myself uh, to learn something new and different on every project that I, that I get to do. Um, and, and I think that over the years, you know, as you start getting older and you know, I'm like in my mid forties now, and I look back and I'm like, and I've been accumulating a lot of this stuff over like, you know, 20 years or whatever of, of, of doing it. And, and you sort of get to the point where you're like, no, I, I feel like I can kind of, you know, do this with some confidence that I could solve whatever issue or problem or, or request that um, our, our, our clients might have or the people that want to do these projects might have. And it makes me feel good about it, but that's not happening without what you're saying, like spending the time uh, to, to learn and keep up mm -hmm. with, keep up with it. I mean, you know, this technology changes daily and Unreal Engine releases a new, and they're, they're like two versions ahead now of what I'm working on now because I'm, I'm not changing now with all this. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, so like, but when I get a break and when I get a chance to, I'll upgrade all the software and play with all the new toys they have that I wish they would have had six months ago when we were doing, you know, so. <laughs> so cool. Um, no, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, we, when we were filming Ghoster, which was the first project we tried to do this way, the original goal was to get all the visual effects in camera live. Like, that's it. Like, we're going to be in this, in, in, in Ghost or the kids go into sort of a, uh, the best way to describe it's like a chamber of secrets type room from Harry Potter or something. Okay. So, so we, I built something that was okay and it worked, but uh, we were, the goal was to get it live in camera. And uh, at the time when we were doing all of our testing, I had no way to record the camera's movement. So mm. what, what I meant, what, what that means is that I could film it and I could see, I could see my background moving and I could record that image to an external recorder and then have like my green screen keyed out live with my background and I'd be like, that's it. That's what I got, you know? And I can't separate it later. I can't do anything with it later. But I thought that's how we were gonna have to do it. And then three days before we filmed three days before we filmed, they had a software update that included the ability to be able to record the camera data. And cool. that came with, that came with, and not, a, this is a different program. It's not, it's not Unreal Engine. It's another program we use called Xsymmetry, which allows Unreal Engine to talk to all of our hardware kind of in an easier way than, than if you just use Unreal Engine by itself. So this, um, and so cool because like, I was, I was on months before myself and other people are on the forums saying, hey, it would be really great if we could find a way to record the camera data that I'm doing here. Because I'm moving my camera in a 3D environment and somehow that data is being transmitted to Unreal Engine and I can see it moving. So why can't I record that? You know? Right. And they're like, we're working on it, but it's kind of tricky. I was like, well, that'll be great when it does. Well, three days before we start to shoot Ghoster, they released the version that has that functionality and I didn't even really take, I, I learned ba the real basics on how to use it. And I just started hitting record without really knowing what I was doing. I just mm -hmm. was, I never able to test it or anything. And after, um, I was so glad I did because after uh, our shoot was over, Ghoster was three days on the virtual set. And after it was over, I went and tested it and plugged it all back together. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I can actually replace the background later because it recorded all the camera tracking data and I can just plug it all back together. And that happened three days before wow. we were shooting. Or otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do that. And I would have had to just commit to what we were getting on the monitor, which I'll tell you, if you look at it then and versus now with the months I've had to learn more about it and, and refine it, it's night and day, huge difference, wow. you know? So I'm really glad that happened, but you're right. The, 
the tech is changing all the time. And, and um, I, I probably am, you know, it's funny, it's funny how, how in student mode I am now, but when I was at school, not at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't that the case with everybody? Like whenever we're <laughs> in school, we're like, I've got this figured out. <laughs> you like, walk on to seven the first time and you're like, I know nothing. <laughs> can I change the sun and everything? No, then I don't care yeah. about math. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just didn't care at school. I, I, I didn't care. And, um, but I'm the kind of guy that when I found something I cared about, I dove into it like, yeah. you know, 100%. So um, I, I feel bad a little bit, but, um, you know, you can't, like I said earlier, you can't live in the past, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Eyes forward. That's right. You heard it here. Kids don't care about school. Yeah. (laughs) Message. Oh man. Well, what advice would you give to the young filmmaker that is that's interested in this kind of thing? I mean, uh, you know, Unreal Engine is free to download and and start learning and playing with. And you can sort of uh, you know, there's also free versions of other 3D software like Blender or Maya and things that you can get your hands on and again like open your mind to the possibilities of other tools that you can learn to inspire you and extend your storytelling you know you don't like and some people would disagree with me and not think that's uh cool and that's totally fine i mean there are people that want to just take a camera and go make their their film that's great uh for me personally i you know, growing up on things like Jurassic Park and Star Wars and, and the escapism of those kinds of movies, I was so fascinated with the idea that maybe I could add elements of those things into mine. And those are the kind of stories I wanted to tell. So I, I just like the idea that anyone can tell, you know, whatever story you want to, those tools are out there. And don't worry about how good you are right now or how, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry about how good of a film you make or how good your CGI looks or your, whatever you're doing, your animation or your model or whatever. Like that's, that's really just advice across the board for anyone who's making movies. Like, um, you know, you, you're going to have to make a lot of bad movies before yeah. you make a good one. Never I'm be afraid sure, to fail. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm still in the, you know, on the uphill climb on that journey, you know? So <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I, I, I think that you just said, don't, don't be afraid of that because the only way to learn it is to do it. And right. you're, you're going to fail, but that's totally fine, you know, um, and just know that it takes about the same amount of you as a musician, Brian, could relate. It takes the yeah. same amount of, I think, discipline and practice at, at, that a musician, you know, would need to learn how to play an instrument, you know, like you think, oh, okay, well, I learned to play the guitar. What kind of, what kind of effort did it take for me to learn how to play the guitar? Well, that's the same kind of effort you need to put into learning how to use CGI and graphics and, you know, this being able to add this kind of stuff to your tool bag. But, you know, if you can, if you can figure it out, then it's worked well for, for us. And, you know, we're all, we're, we're growing too and looking for people um, that are interested in this, in this field. And we work with schools and students and people that, you know, uh, there's some really talented students out there from the programs uh, locally that we're meeting and getting a chance to work with through, you know, internships and apprentice programs and things like that. And, it's awesome to hire those kids and and give them uh, positions, you know, like entry level positions on on projects that have, you know, that actually go out and it's like, hey, you know, mom, I I got to actually work on this uh, robot or whatever. So it's yeah. kind of cool. that's so cool. And and the people that work with us get to go, um, you know, they go on to do bigger and better things in, in uh, uh, 
we had a girl named Caitlin that worked with us on Dinosaur World and a few of the other, Rufus and a few of the other projects. And she was a contractor that came in and worked with us for a few months. And, and then she left. And next thing you know, she's uh, talking about how she uh, animated some, some uh, shark, some of the shark scenes from Suicide Squad. And, what? Uh, yeah, Whoa. I know. So, Dude. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, I, I mean, we're getting, um, it makes me feel a little bit, uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel kind of like Papa proud or something, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, you know, I, you came here and we hopefully showed you something that um, when you, uh, you know, went on to be able to work on, you know, this mega blockbuster that, you know, hopefully something that you learned here translated. And, and, yeah. um, and I think that's, I think that's really cool. So um, it's nice. It, it's kind of vindicating, you know, to know that like, okay, you know, maybe we're doing something. Um, yeah, man. Maybe sort of what we fell into, stumbled into a little bit um, accidentally are some of the ways that are helpful for people to be able to go pursue this um, if they don't stay, you know, like yeah. we want, we want to grow Oklahoma and, and, and Bowling Point, you know, we want to be a big part of the growth of the film industry here. And we think we can be, and we want Oklahoma to grow into something that's just as big as anywhere else. And we'll look all around us at what ha what's happening. And obviously it is um, yeah. with the incredible, um, with, with the film rebate that's, that's just been passed. And, the gigantic projects that are going on with the big studios that are going in, like all those things are amazing and hopefully just continue to bring opportunities to all the people here that want to be able to work here and not have to necessarily go to LA or Atlanta or New York to do this. And I think that's, that's the super exciting thing because I always, you know, growing up kind of thinking, Oh, I wonder what it'd be like to work in entertainment. I just never thought I'd be able to stay here and do that. I know. Right. I get to stay home and yeah. work. That's awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show again. It's good to have you back. You're one of my favorite guests to have on. Um, yes. Remind people where we can reach out and, and see some of the work that you've done. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you just, if you search for, um, if you search for my name on, um, on Amazon, most, I think most of the films that we've done are on Amazon Prime. Um, so you could find them there. Um, uh, and yeah, that's probably the easiest way. I'm, I'm not, I'm not telling you to Google, Google my name or whatever, but I mean, that's, that's, you'll find the films we've worked on that way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's quite a bit of, we've, we've kind of moved lately the last few years into sort of the family friendly movies. And so there's some pretty cute ones that Joey and Ella one, we did all the kangaroo effects on, and it's a pretty cute, it's a pretty cute kangaroo, little kid kind of kangaroo movie. And <laughs> We just did one, we just finished one up called CI Ape, which um, the trailer went uh, kind of viral for that when it, the trailer Oh, went cool. Out. And uh, so it's fun. And, and, and so like, yeah, we, we just, I, I feel really lucky that we get to work on these really fun projects. Um, and, and, and yeah, you're, like you said, it's all right here in Oklahoma. And I'll tell you, nobody, nobody's asking like, well, you know, uh, where, where this stuff's being made, you know, they just, yeah. they just want it made. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah, um great. so i think that's a that that's cool we can all be part of that uh, the growth that we all want to see here and that's pretty exciting stuff so now we know what a virtual set is not a virtual screen <laughs> i'm sorry i'm a fool a virtual set is much better than a virtual screen because that does not exist you, you, we didn't, she didn't understand the fancy terminology, you know, like screen, like what? Is it understandable? Movie. It's, it's movie. Camera. 
Brock- I'm not gonna lie. Like the whole thing is just so fascinating to me. And just like all the technology that we have is just so crazy. It's constantly, it it's evolving, I tell you, evolving. Mm-hmm. Getting better and better. And yeah. I'm not kidding about like, I truly do think it would be a really cool idea to use those virtual sets for like a live musical or something. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I just think I could see that being a, like a cool thing to do. I don't know. Then but maybe could- that's basically what they did with like Into the Woods. I don't know. I don't know how they did that. So Somebody just- needs to get on it. Yeah, James Corden's backyard. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, it would be cool. Like they have that, you know, set up all the way around, so it's not just the backdrop that you're seeing. They're yeah. Like, oh, what's happening over there? Yeah, and you can have movement in the day and night. Like you, it yeah. would just be, yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty freaking cool. Yeah. yeah. So we started uh, uh, two episodes ago, Nick. We started uh, a new segment called brian and kelly relearn improv <laughs> because Ooh, right on we haven't really gotten to do much at all over the pandemic yeah. nope so now you have been taking level one improv at okc uh okc right. Improv, right? number one number one number level one so what kind of stuff are you learning in level one? Oh, speaking louder it's not mumbling <laughs> Quit picking your nose on stage, Nicholas. Um, no, we learned, you know, like a lot of the a lot of the basics of really just getting in, establishing characters, and um, uh, making the silly, and just committing to whatever crap comes out of your mouth. Because it is, I've said before, improv is just incredibly, incredibly humbling. Because you get to go up there and you're like. Oh yeah, I'm funny. I know my stuff. And then that moment when your mind goes blank is just the most like, hello, darkness, my old friend moment. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, we had our showcase a couple of weeks ago. Went went pretty good. I like nice. to, we got a few chuckles, a few ha-has, um, which is the goal, I think. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, you know, just learning to learning to crawl before we walk in the improv world. Mm-hmm. establishing mm-hmm. the who the what and the why of the scene is something that i am constantly forgetting to do that's why you're relearning though that's why we're <laughs> relearning mm-hmm. so this is a segment that we're now calling brian kelly and nick relearn improv i'm <laughs> in the sequel yes yay, yay. Uh, so i thought of guys... a game we could play if Ooh, you're interested okay. we could yeah. do um half-life and we could take turns if you want to do two people, two two person scene. Um, because so, I feel like it'd probably be easiest, so we can have someone to cut it off at the right second amount of seconds. But we can do thirty seconds, fifteen seconds, and then five seconds of just Ooh. establishing a scene and the who, what, the where, and then okay. cut it down to fifteen seconds and try to condense the basic idea of what you did in the first one into fifteen seconds and then into five. Okay. Wow. Okay. Cool. Pretty typical basic that's like a good i don't know i remember playing that with take one a few times we'd do that like like um kind of like fractured fairy tales or whatever but yeah i okay. like it so it's you is it like we do uh <laughs> is it just a whole scene or is this like we take from like a basic thing like we retell cinderella or something or? we can do either way but i think for now we should just do some establishing scenes just work on the establishing scenes and create them and give those things and okay. then try to, and you can, 30 seconds is a little bit longer, so you can kind of have some fun details and then try to condense it, but get the whole 
the funny parts. Cause that's like part of finding the game that we were talking about with Brian, like finding the game of it is noticing those funny oddities that you want to shove into your five seconds. Cause that was a funny little thing. You want to get in there, but you don't have to do that. You just want to get the, the feeling, you know, the heart of the scene. Um, so right. I think that if we took some suggestions, maybe like for just a location or like a, um, yeah. <clears throat> a relationship and start there and just do a real basic scene and not get too flashy with it. Cause it gets, you yeah. get all nervous cutting down the time. Yeah, no, I'm nervous right now. I'm terrified. Good. <laughs> That's how I want you, Nick. Even more so than when I talk to you guys. Didn't everyone tell you the first rule of improv is to be afraid? No, they told me it was don't talk about improv. And, <laughs> and then they punched me in the face. I don't know if that was an improv person or they were just stealing my wallet, but either way, I yes and improv class. I, I was yes anding. Like I'm I, <laughs> give me your money. Yes, yes and, and <laughs> my watch. And then he did not play along. <laughs> so for a location, let's choose a location from our conversation with Mr. Belgard. Um Ooh. Let's go Redwood with, Forest. Yeah, Redwood Forest. Redwood Forest. <coughs> all right, uh, Nick, do you want to try it with Brian and I'll like conduct for all time it? Or do you want yeah, to? So, what do you so say? You just like, you're just going to set your I'm going to give you a minute seconds. and I'll, I'll kind yeah. of like, I'll maybe like give you like a little five just to wrap it up it, so I won't just cut you off at the minute. Yeah. But then I will cut you off at 30 seconds and 15 and, or 15 and five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Pull up my little timer, Tamers. All right. Okay. Redwood Forest in three, two, one. Um, excuse me, Mr. Bear, uh, would you mind coming out of your den? I, I've actually foraged some food that I, I wanted to gift to you uh, as a peace I, offering. Hey, man, I gave it the office. I don't, I don't, the sign says no solicitors. I'm kind of busy back here, like, you know, chilling. Uh, I appreciate you guys, but you guys in all your reality show contests, you know, always come and kind of just mess up my house. So, you know, you know, I'll, 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 I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, uh -huh. um, well, I, th here's the thing. Um, you know, I'm actually, yeah, this is a reality show, but I'm actually, it's alone. So like literally if I, if I, Are you lonely? I, well, a little bit in the fact that we're having this conversation is actually pretty, pretty nice. Cause I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to hang? I got food, foosball table. You have foosball? Do you have any food? Because I, I foraged this to make peace with you. Uh, oh, no, was, I was just like, I was just kind of planning on eating you eventually. And I still might, but like, I, I, I wanted to try this foosball table. Uh, scene. <laughs> okay. So we'll do a minute. Okay. <laughs> but that was good. I had to let it go. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was two minutes. Okay. That yeah. was one minute. That was one, one minute. Oh, that, okay. was, that was only one minute. That was wow. one minute. But I just, when, when you start getting more, it gets like, yeah, so much, more complex to bought so to much crap. So yeah, okay. So who, now, who? What was the who? Um, it was a lone the, contestant. A lone contestant and a bear. And a bear. And a bear. <laughs> the what was? Uh, I was trying to make peace with the local bear, and the bear did not want to be disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> and you were at his cave, right? The and I was at his cave. cave yeah. Yeah. And you foraged some food. You had foraged some things. Yes. Okay. So this is only 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I'm going to cut you off. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, All right. We're essentially doing the same scene, but just tighter. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Three, two, one. Uh, hello, Mr. Bear. I've, I've, what do you want? 
What? I foraged this food. I wanted to make a peace offering with you. Dude, stop, stop bothering me. You guys are crazy. You're nuts. Well, I, I know that you're not. I, I, I see that you scratched on the TV, on the tree over here, no reality TV shows. And this is a reality yeah, TV show, it but it's a alone. So like, it's just me. There's no crew. Oh, and you're so alone? I'm alone. Are you, are you lonely? I'm a little lonely. Okay, me too. Like, hey, I got a foosball table. You want to come uh, check it out? Well, Scene. I would, oh. <laughs> Very nice. Good job. You got it there. Yeah, well, yeah. It helps if the first the first thing you do is just full of just crap of just like ums and uhs. Yeah. You can oh, really uh, shriek it down. Yeah. You can eliminate quickly. some of the <laughs> natural causes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So okay. Let's so now try we're it for fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. Okay. All okay. right. All right. In three, two, one. Hi, Mr. Bear. I, I what do you want? Food for peace offerings. Leave me alone. I, I was wondering if we could make peace. So You're crazy. You uh, can I, do you mind if I come in? I'm kind of lonely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Foosball. Come on, come on. Oh, cool. Scene. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I was able to do that even though I had my own wild creature leaping onto my desk. Oh. oh. You, you want to try to do it in five seconds? Yeah, yeah, do it. Five okay. seconds on on the on the dot. All right. All okay. right. Three, two, one. Mr. Bear, take some food. I'm lonely. Foosball? Foosball. <laughs> that was four seconds and twenty four point two nine seconds. So I good think job. We, oh, I yeah. think we established the who, what, and where. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had I'm lonely. <laughs> I'm lonely. That's the best way to start an improv. Yeah. I'm lonely. <laughs> You're establishing your state of being very quickly with that. Yeah. Like we understand your emotions. Yeah. Oh, I like to tell, not show. <laughs> I'm lonely. I'm lonely. <laughs> that would be me. I would be so lonely on a show like that. I'm already, yeah. even in a pandemic, there, the number of times I've told Aaron I'm lonely in a house full of three insane children with a dog and my husband and, you know. Yeah. What does he say to that? Is it a, <laughs> a thanks? I think it's, I think it's, he just shakes his head and, and it can't, mm-hmm. you know, just lets me be, do my thing, yeah. be dramatic. Once what? I work through the cycle of realizing how dumb that actually is. <laughs> well, I guess date night in the living room's canceled. <laughs> Kelly is lonely all the time just because she really likes people and likes to talk and likes yeah. to, but you thank know, God for fine. Zoom though, right? Podcast? Are you plugging your podcast? Do I what? Yeah. <laughs> Kelly is lonely to- all the time because she loves people and she loves to talk. <laughs> yeah, it's a really long title, but it's Should got a lot of Should I just start a podcast and just be like, yeah. Kelly's lonely. You want to talk? And then just let people call me and talk to me and I just record it. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. You should. That'd be good. That's, what, that's literally what radio shows are. That's right. literally a radio show. The amount of time- you're just dishing out unsolicited relationship advice. Yeah. That'd be terrible. No, yeah. mine should be random entomology advice or like, yeah. Oh, I should just start a, like, I'll identify your bug, but I have to call my dad. <laughs> it's not me doing it. I have to call like a professional. So, yeah. so your podcast is basically, you're the operator of like, yeah. oh, what bug do you want to learn about? Hold, please. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. And the title yeah. would be Bugging Dad. There's... Bugging Dad. That's, That's good. like a sitcom. Yeah. That's good. Bugging Dad. Bugging Dad. Yeah, All right. So let's do another. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? What are you calling me? Stop. <laughs> so let's do a scene with, uh, with, Nick and Kelly. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pimp you out. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, let's see. Let's get a location, another location based on our conversation with Mr. Belgart. From the audience. Mm. Yes. From the audience. From the audience. 
See if anybody's watching on Facebook Live here. I'm not hearing anything. Uh, let's see. I'm not getting any comments. We've got viewers, but they're just not commenting. That's okay. Guys, don't be shy. Boo. Let's go with um, a spaceship. Spaceship. Okay. Yeah. All right. So a spaceship, uh, and we're going to do one minute in three, two, one. Xylor. I have yes. I have come back from the planet Earth, and I have found this creature here in my hand. Oh my! Don't let it touch your uh, uh your uh, you, the, your your gloves. You it cannot touch your gloves. I it will contaminate it. You know I'm a risk taker. I did not want to mess with gloves, but this one just seemed so cute. Oh, good, good. You know, I will allow me to transport it to the doctor. You know, I'm not the doctor. I'm the nurse. May I not keep it as a pet? Uh, no, we need to test it, and then we need to feed it. But I have named it Theodore. Well, Theodore needs to come with us immediately. Okay, but can we give him some of his natural food so that he feels at home? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, here, here is a pumpkin spice latte, Theodore. I have come to love you in these brief period of time we've met. Now dissection with you. Thank you, thank you. To the doctor. And seed. <laughs> that was that, good. Was that a minute? Yeah, that was a minute. Yeah. That was a solid seed. <laughs> All right, so what was the, the who, what, and where? Well, the nurse. And the yes. space alien who has come up from, I didn't name you. I should have named you. Well, I guess I was named Xylor. That's, that's the thing I am absolutely terrible at is I will throw out a name and it won't even register to me. <laughs> Names yeah. do not register. Well, and that's my bad for not repeating it because then it would help me to remember it if I uh, repeat it out loud too. But. I feel, see, I've always felt like, like rather than throwing out a name, like establishing the relationship is always... To me, to me, yeah. it feels like that's that's better. Because like anybody saying yeah. Tom doesn't really establish who you're talking to. My right. friend, Tom. <laughs> Tom. Yeah. Hello, know. best friend. Tom. <laughs> Tom, the serial killer in my room. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 that quick. There was a lot. It was a lot of that in level one of like really just like because that's what we were working on. So it's just like just yeah. really get in there. So it was Hammering a lot of like, that in. Yeah. Hello, my sister, who I've known all my life. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, getting it out right away makes you not have to think about it, like, and get yeah. stalled out when you're trying to create it in the moment. You yeah. know, I just, I feel like that gets, yeah. you can get in your head about it. Oh, it just, dude. Well, and I've, I've straight up done shows, several shows where like, I'll, I, that's what I'll do to establish who this person is. It's just like, it can be something that you use as a joke of like, hello, my long lost father, who I haven't yeah. seen since I was two years old and have zero <laughs> memory of. <laughs> yeah I, I feel like there's def, there's like that's that's something that you can kind of learn what you like to do and how you like to enter or offer a gift in a scene like that like I always liked to do like and I feel like everyone has their own thing but I always like to do usually when I'm in like I'm a very physical person mm. it like in live improv and that's so different than being on here that's oh, so weird for me I will I say I've had a hard transition and it kind of limits me but um I like to do weird physical positions and then let people endow me with like who or why I, you know, but like just yeah. giving them that weird thing. It usually like, I just think it's fun to oh, do dude, that. Physicality first. is the best. Yeah. Gift, like I think, to give the physicality give and then yeah. someone like, and then hopefully throw out the, like, 
you know, the name and the whatever the situation is, but, or some people I feel will even do like a sound. And yeah. from that sound, you just know that that, that is your aunt Marge, you know, like just there's, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that motivator, yeah. you know, the little things like that. I kind of miss that from zoom. I mean, yeah. we have sound, but I, do. I miss, I miss live. Yeah. Okay. So we established the who and what was, what was the, <laughs> yeah, what? Sorry. the, the, what of the scene was I, I found a pet that you cannot keep and it needs to be dissected. It. Yes. Right. And the where was spaceship on and a spaceship on the spaceship. And the when yeah. was, you know, that time. today, that, that time. today. Yeah. Okay. So let's try that again in 30 seconds. All, All right, right, here we go. In three, two, one. Zambalam. I have found yeah. a creature. May I keep it? Oh no, you may not. And also don't touch it with your gloves. Too late. No. But I, I have also named it Theodore and become emotionally involved. No, give it to me now. The doctor, the doctor must see it now. Well, what will happen to it? It needs a pumpkin spice latte immediately or it will die. Oh, that was what it kept asking for, even when after I picked it up. Here you go. Goodbye, Thank Theodore. You. I will miss the memories. <laughs> and see, that was good. That was like two seconds. That was 28 seconds, actually. Oh, oh we had all two seconds. What can, okay, let's, let's go back and add two seconds in really quick. Okay, ready? Okay, okay. all right. And go. What's for lunch? <laughs> Cheese. Seat. <laughs> cheese. <laughs> Good. Got it in there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's my cheese coat, cheese joke that I made from the beginning of the episode that you'll have to understand. Yeah. Later. That's a callback. That's the that's the sound you do in improv. Cheese. Okay. Cheese. It's like your safe All right. word. All right. So 15 seconds now. Here we go. Okay. In three, two, one. Lama Lama Ding Dong. I found this. Yes. Oh my, that's scary. Don't let it touch your gloves. It's, it's like, no. uh, it wants a pumpkin spice latte. Feed it. And then the doctor must see it now. Dissection. Bye. Cheese for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and Hell yeah. that was good. So it's 15 seconds. <laughs> okay. Now the real challenge. Can we do it in five? Oh yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Three, yeah. two, one. Here's a, here's a thing. Pumpkin spice latte. No, don't latte. let it touch your gloves. Oh yes, ah. please. Doctor. <gasps> And see, <laughs> that was good. Yay! I, I feel like even that five seconds, we got the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, like people there. really got the vibe of that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, if you liked what you heard, and you'd like to be a part of it yourself, <laughs> I don't understand, but I respect. I don't understand, guys. We like you. It'll be fun. We laugh a lot. Yeah. 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 It's funny to us. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash show show, okishowshow.com or youtube.com slash show. Become a patron, help us out. Uh, we do all sorts of crazy stuff just like this. And we're probably going to be doing some more live stream improv stuff as we relearn all of this. Are we? <laughs> I think we are. I think we okay. shall. There. Yes, and Nick. Yes, all right, and, all right. I, 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 I kind of deviated. I snoozed during that part of lesson one. <laughs> yeah. I like to say one. no. Yeah. <laughs> what if we say really? Yeah. Really? 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 <laughs> We're on the moon. Really? 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 Are we really on the moon? <laughs> and look, there's an ogre. Really? Really? On the moon? That's really? not even scientifically possible. Ogre. Okay. Like, I'll do the improv scene. I'm just going to have attitude with it. Yes. I'm just going to have a bunch of attitude. Uh, and yeah, just, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
That's a Nick's improv <laughs> lesson for the day is don't yes and just I guess. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. That's my that's my <laughs> thought. That's what that's okay. what we're going with. All right. You're, okay. a, you're a dragon. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys in the next two weeks. Until then. Bye. The Okie Show Show is a mostly harmless media podcast recorded at Tower Studios in Oklahoma City. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If you're a business or industry professional that would like to advertise on the podcast, email info at okieshowshow.com. Rates starting as low as $25.